0: welcome in welcome in, welcome in episode 125 of the dynasty debates the best kept secret in all of dynasty fantasy football i am your humble host as always the humblest host in the biz evan brown you can catch me over on twitter at Evan lucian you can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, Debates at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, things you love, things you hate, things you want to hear more of on the show, let me know, guys. Week three is upon us. It is almost go time. I have an amazing return guest to help break down week three. It is the one and only Tara Victoria Roberts, to use her full name at It's Tara Time on Twitter, guys. It might be easier for me to give you a list of uh, fantasy things she's not involved in because, to be honest with you, she is all over the place, throwing out some amazing content. She's a contributor at FF Today, FF Diehards, Fantasy Pros, Fantasy Alarm, Stochastic Dynasty vipers fantasy points live like i said what does she not do tara how the heck are you
1: i'm doing great how are you doing
0: i am i'm exhausted it feels like i was just saying before the show there it's such a weird transition to go from off season to in season like it just doesn't stop you know you've got like multiple shows you're recording and you're writing articles and you're doing your own personal waivers and trying to do trades and it's crazy i love it it's mayhem um how's everything going over at fantasy pros and dynasty vipers anything new and exciting since the last time we've
1: Oh man, it's going really good. Um, just more content. Um, I mean, just, you know, for me really just putting out daily videos. Um, you can catch a lot of those, much, the majority of them on uh, Fantasy Pros. I've started my own TikTok that I'm uh, trying to grow over there. So it's the same username. It's TerraTime, same as my Twitter. So putting out video content over there, waivers, players of the week, all that good stuff. And yeah, lots of live shows, just staying busy
0: absolutely smashing it. I will have to pick your brain on TikTok. I feel like I'm going to have to dive into the TikTok world as a necessary evil. Um, I'm just scared. I'm scared, but you can you can explain to me how this works because you're a genius. I've seen some of your TikToks. And they are great. Definitely give her a follow if you're on TikTok already. Guys, just before we jump into the show, a quick reminder as it is kind of the season of the one-year anniversary of the show kicking off. Um, I am doing that giveaway. All you got to do, go on to Apple Podcasts, drop a five-star rating, review, screenshot it, send it over to me on twitter or through email i will enter you in for a chance to win a one-year subscription to the dynasty gm tool from dynasty nerds it's a pretty awesome tool go check it out it helps me out with the reviews um it's just fun it's a lot of fun let's do that and uh let's get into it but before we head into the week three which is you know there's a lot happening we do need to talk about something about week two an honorable hatchet man does not lie a hatchet man Ran right up behind him with a hatchet smash 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 anyone can carry a hatchet even a liar <laughs> We need to talk about hatchet man of the week. And I I'm looking here at the show sheet and there is a little correlation here between our, (laughs) between (laughs) there was a, a, maybe a very large hatchet that was shared between two players here. We're going to get something off our chest. Uh, I'm going to let guests go first. You know, as is only right Tara, who's your hatchet man of the week for week two, who just tanked your squad?
1: Uh, It's Cole Komet. This one, this one hurts so bad because I feel like all the signs pointed in the positive direction, and I don't think we could just predict that the level of volume thrown by Justin Fields was actually going to be less than, than last year under Matt Nagy that headed in direction. I really wasn't expecting, but, uh, but yeah, man, unfortunately, um, he, I'm just, I'm just hoping, you know, at some point, will he actually catch a pass this season? We're seeing such incredibly low volume and he's blanking us in ways that even the worst tight ends out there aren't even doing. Um, you know, when I when I think about Cole Komet and I think about these this Bears offense as a whole, I pretty much gave every bear a pass in week one because of the weather. Um, no one was successful in there. If it's a game where even Debo Samuel can only catch two passes then you kind of just have to put it as a wash and say, we're not going to judge these players based off of this game. And then we turned around in week two and literally had the exact same thing, but kind of worse overall for Chicago. So it was kind of crazy. Um I am giving us one week, one more week with Cole Komet because I'm just holding out some mild hope here that when we look at, you know, excusing that week one and then look at week two, um, Green Bay's run defense is literally, uh, I mean, it's got to be one of the worst in the NFL, if not trending towards probably going to end up being the literal worst. So it's, you know, kind of justifiable in a little bit why Chicago was sitting there and Running the ball 14 down, staying committed to it, refusing to throw the pass because, well, they could just literally run the ball down Green Bay's throat. Maybe not the best strategy in the world, but I understand why they did it. So I'm holding out hope. I'm giving us one more week. And if this week against Houston, we get the same result, and it's again extremely low pass volume, pass catchers just aren't putting up any points, we're just going to have to abandon ship altogether. Uh, I'm just so incredibly disappointed. I don't really understand Chicago's philosophy right now because from my perspective, heading into the season, this wasn't a team that I thought or anyone thought was truly intending to compete. They chose not to sound or surround uh, Justin Fields with ample amount of talent at not to knock Darnell Mooney. I love Darnell Mooney, obviously, um, but you would want some additional talent over there. When you look at guys like, like Tua and even Zach Wilson, these young quarter uh, Jalen hurts as well. These quarterbacks, that were a little bit questionable, their organization sat here and said, okay, we're not going to let you fail because we didn't you know, give you the proper weapons to be able to succeed. They're throwing as many weapons at them as possible. Chicago didn't do that. So your only assumption is that they're simply not trying to compete this year and they're tanking um, for a high draft spot. So if that's the case, I'm just trying to figure out why are they not airing the ball out? What's the downside to letting Justin Fields throw?
0: It's, it is disgusting. You're right. I, I threw up a little in my mouth as you were talking about it just reliving the this trauma of the last two weeks. I mentioned a correlation my hatchet man of the week is actually Darnell Mooney so <laughs> I think there's a trend here we can see and you know what? it's personal like it really is it's like Darnell Mooney was one of my guys going into this year like I've loved him since he got drafted I was really high on him there was the old like Darnell Mooney KJ Hamler debates when they were both rookies and I sided with Mooney and he had a great year last year considering you know where it came from draft capital things like that and how bad the offense was so I had really high hopes for him and man alive he has disappointed me he has absolutely tanked me both weeks he is currently wide receiver 127 through two games that is I don't even know if that's possible I didn't know that was possible <laughs> to be that bad like I don't even is there even 127 wide receivers in the NFL um, I mean literally two receptions on five targets for four yards through two games that is is mind-boggling. Bad, like he's playing ninety percent of the snaps. He is running routes. Justin Fields only threw eleven passes last game. What is going on, people? Listen to this. In two weeks, right? It, I like to look at yards per route run. It's a statistic that talks about efficiency. So, how many times are you out there running routes versus actually getting targeted, and making in yards per route run? He is currently ranked two hundred and seventy first in the NFL at zero point one one. Like he is substantially behind. Andre Bacellia, wide receiver for Arizona at ranked 204, an absolute stud muffin. Troy Hairston, the second, the fullback from Houston. What is happening here, people? I understand. I respect what you said, especially like in Dynasty. We can't just drop him on the waiver wire. We have to hold on to him. But, man, he is not going near my starting lineup this week. He needs to prove to me that he is sorry for what he did. He is in the doghouse. I am absolutely not starting Darnell Mooney or Cole Komet in any league this week. Even Justin Fields, unless I absolutely have to, if it's a super flex league, they need to turn this around. I am. It is definitely the most confusing mind-boggling situation i feel like that we currently have in the nfl right now is the chicago bears so i feel a little bit better we've got that off our chest let's move on let's talk about some better things because i feel like we could just literally spend the entire podcast talking about how terrible the chicago bears are spilling the tea So I'm going to run through some news and notes such as we have here um, just for week three that might impact people's decisions. And and maybe just like after I've run through this, I'll throw it to you, and see if you've got any sort of takes on this from a dynasty perspective, anything you want to maybe look at or take away from this. So there was a unfortunate um, high ankle sprain for Tyrion Davis Price, the rookie running back for San Francisco. Man, San Francisco, they are I don't know what is going on in San Francisco. They are like They are snake bit when it comes to injuries. They cannot keep a running back healthy. They can't keep any of their team healthy, but running backs, especially we've already lost Elijah Mitchell in week one with a, um, he's probably out about two months, I believe is my understanding. Now, Tyrion Davis price had a high ankle sprain. He was, um, kind of the running back two behind Jeff Wilson last week had about 14 opportunities. Looks like he could be sidelined anywhere from four to six weeks. High ankle sprains are nightmares. So that's kind of probably his fantasy season done at least till the very end of the year, depending on how things shake out. Michael Pittman Jr. does look like he will return in week three, which is massive. The Colts looked absolutely terrible without him. So can't underestimate how important that will be. He'll definitely be plugged straight back into your lineups if he's active for game week three. Dalton Schultz. This is a, this sucks as well. Tight end Dalton Schultz has a PCL issue. And I don't know the extent of it. I know that PCLs are not something you want to be damaged. They're not something that you want to mess around with. That is the injury that Zeke had last year. And we saw how sapped he looked and how much it hurt his explosiveness. That offense is already struggling with Cooper rush. So we don't need a, a beat up Dalton Schultz as well. We're not sure at this point in time, if he's going to be missing time or what's happening, but certainly not good news. Um, Jerry Judy, who left the game on Sunday uh, with a shoulder kind of like a shoulder uh, upper body injury, he's considered day to day, so that's positive news trending towards him possibly playing this week, which is again what we love to see james connor his he had an ankle injury, so he left the game, but apparently he stayed suited up. He was on the sidelines. um he could have potentially come back in if they really needed him to. so it's not considered too serious, but again, we know James Connor's sort of injury history and his um you know uh, Pension from missing a couple games here and there. So, again, I kind of mentioned on the recap show if Darrell Williams is on your waiver wire, definitely grab him. If you know Benjamin's on the waiver wire, definitely grab him. Um, you probably will want to have him on there, especially if you roster James Conner. And then, lastly, sadly, a moment of silence for Trey Lance, who had ankle surgery there. looks like it's ended his season. Sadly, similar sort of injury to what happened to Dak Prescott. Not quite as gruesome. I don't believe the bone like went through the skin or anything, but it was like a compound fracture of his ankle. So those are some of the worst kind of news and notes, sort of like injuries and things like that to be aware of. I will just throw it over to you, Tara. Do you have anything, you know, anything that jumps out at you? Any sort of takeaways, maybe from a dynasty perspective about any of these injuries? Specifically, I guess Trey Lance would be the most obvious one. You know, a lot of people really hyped, really excited about him. And now what does this mean? what are your what's your take on it overall
1: yeah yeah there's a few things we'll start off with the trey lance one. i i feel terrible for that one. i first of all feel terrible for trey lance of course i mean what a rough way to start your your NFL career. You know, you got to wait one year uh, while Jimmy Garoppolo gets the bulk of the workload, takes them nearly to the Super Bowl, then it's your chance. And unfortunately, literally the worst thing happens to you that could happen to a running quarterback. So you, you hate that for him because you can, you know, you mentioned Dak and we can compare it to Dak. And I know it's different. Dak is not a running, running quarterback, but Dak was very mobile. That was, a, you know, a solid upside with him. And when he came back, you know, be it that it wasn't comfortable or that they didn't want to risk it. He just he didn't move as much as he did last year. So I don't know. I get kind of worried about Trey Lance in terms of that being his bread and butter and what we're going to be able to see from him um, when he does eventually return. And then from a dynasty perspective for dynasty owners, that is absolutely terrible because you and heavy draft capital into that. And you have not been able to get use out of it at all. And you're not going to for a while. So absolutely awful in that. Um, The other thing that kind of uh, the quick one that kind of uh, stands out to me was uh, TDP. Uh, I have a couple of dynasty shares of Tyrion Davis price. And, you know, the whole reason was this exact situation of, you know, Chicago or uh, San Francisco running backs get hurt next man up could literally be anyone. And the 14 carries were super promising. They weren't highly productive, but that was what we wanted to see him step in as a clear number two. It happened. And now, unfortunately we've got an injury bug with him. So I'm kind of (laughs) looking at this long term. I don't know if I'm going to invest much again in this whole San Francisco running back carousel, because there is just something wrong in the water over there with them and the injury bugs that continue to bite them. And then, uh, on the, I guess make it a positive note to end on with um, uh, Michael Pittman. Uh, I think the biggest takeaway that we can see from week one to week two with Indianapolis and Matt Ryan and Michael Pittman is that Michael Pittman is that dude. There is nobody else that is that dude on that team. And uh, the team just didn't function at all without him. Now, granted they have a lot of um, defense, key defensive injuries as well, but that offense flows through Jonathan Taylor, but Michael Pittman Jr. plays a massive role in it because he is the pass game. And I think that continues moving forward from a dynasty perspective. I think it just tells you that's a guy that you want to invest in. I think he continues to carry the same similar workload that you saw in terms of his boom week and week one, and he's going to be such an incredible asset moving forward.
0: Yeah, I'm massive. I'm a huge Michael Pittman Jr. fan. I call him Michael Pitbull Jr. because he's got that dog in him. But yes. I've actually moved him up to my wide receiver 12 in Dynasty. So borderline wide receiver one. How do you feel about that, Tara? Is that too spicy for you? Or is that about where you have him in your rankings?
1: It's not spicy for me. I'm the same way. I'm big Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, truther. Um, was fending off trade offers for a while waiting for this moment. So yes, I, I, I agree with you. I think he's a, definitely a top 12 asset.
0: Love it. Love it. Well, let us dive straight into we're going to talk a couple of uh, interesting starts, sits, some kind of give you some some heads up, some stuff that you can use for your week three matchups. Lord knows week two was a bit of a disaster for a lot of us. It was definitely one of the most frustrating weeks I've had in a while. But let's look forward to week three, shall we? Employee of the week employee of the week. So there's a couple of subsections within here. As you know if you've listened to the show, we've got Busmart, uh we've got studs or us and we've got the new section Let's Ride or Let's Hide. So Busmart is a player that people are getting excited to throw in their lineups. They're getting some hype. They're thinking big things are on the horizon, but sadly, we are here to be the wet blankets and say no not this week. Now, my pick last week was very spicy, very bold, CD Lamb, guy who was wide receiver 3 for a lot of people in dynasty coming Into this season, I explained that with Dak out and with all these other situations, you're going to want to pump the brakes. You're probably going to expect low end wide receiver two, maybe even wide receiver three type numbers. And lo and behold, he was wide receiver 24 in PPR. So I feel like I nailed that. Um, And then studs are us is a low end flex consideration. Someone that is sort of outside the top 36 top 24, even um, considerations, but we think they're going to have a top 24 a week. They're going to be a smash pick. My pick was Curtis Samuel. He absolutely smashed again last week against the lions wide receiver, 12 and PPR. So hopefully you are super smart and listen to me last week. Cause obviously that's the right thing to do, but guess first, we're going to kick it off with our bus smart um, Tara. Who do you got for us? Who's somebody that everyone is super hyped on and you're kind of saying, Ooh, Let's just take it easy here.
1: Uh, it's Tua, and this is not a knock on Tua at all. I'm not someone that tends to aggressively knock him. I like to defend him a little bit, Um, and I was really happy to see that performance from him. He looked like the absolute stud that we saw at Alabama and was hoping that he would turn out to be. Um, So, again, not a knock on Tua, but I think we just need to slow our roll for a second before we go – Um. Woo, let's, you know, make him our QB one, <laughs> because unfortunately, <laughs> this is a really bad week to do it. <laughs> Buffalo's defense is insane. What Leslie Frazier is doing over there is absolutely ridiculous. They're out there killing it every single week. And I think that's going to continue now to I don't think it's going to be a massive struggle. I don't think he's going to have like a, a Matt Ryan kind of day or anything like that <laughs> in terms of a downfall that we just kind of see completely fall apart but i don't think it's going to be a top 12 performance i think he'll be a nice you know qb2 option he'll be able to hold his own but i don't think we need to aggressively go ahead and start him in one qb leagues wait a week and um then then you're good to go the schedule is much more friendly after that and it's to a time all the time after that so that is my that's my guy that i'm worried about this week
0: (laughs) It's so funny. Again, guys, this isn't pre-planned, premeditated. What happens is I have the show sheet. I put I put some of my picks in. I throw the show sheet over. The guest fills in their picks. And sometimes I don't even realize until we start the show. So again, there's some correlation here. We're on the same wavelength. My Busmart pick is actually... To be fair, it's the whole Miami Dolphins backfield. Specifically, I'm singling out Raheem Mostert. He had a pretty nice week last week, and I think some people, especially in dynasty, been holding on to Mostert, thinking this could be, you know, could be um, McDaniel's dude over here coming from San Francisco. He sees what he can do. He's got that speed. You can see they're trying to create a speed demon, you know, kind of racetrack offense over there in Miami, and it looked awesome last week. Uh, Mostert finishes as running back 20 in week two. He outsnapped Edmonds ever so slightly, and he was even a little bit more efficient on. On the ground, but as Tara has um so put put so eloquently. The Buffalo Bills defense is no joke. As so far now, again, very early days, very small sample size, but it is allowing the second fewest yards per game uh, in the NFL and the fewest rushing yards, only allowing 66 yards per game. Um, that is not good. So, um, again, it's a pretty 50-50 snap, which is kind of gross anyways because you've got to kind of guess, is it a rookie Mostert week? Is it a Chase Edmonds week? And combine that with the fact that they're playing the Buffalo Bills defense, I personally just want to bench both of them. I don't want either of them in in my, in my lineup if I can at all help it. Um, but, As as you said, just a quick question for you. Tua has been such a polarizing character this offseason, last year, ever since he's come into the league. With this massive game, with the hope and the hype that is surrounding the Dolphins at the moment, are you buying into Tua for dynasty? Like, if you're in dynasty, are you buying into him as a potential, you know, low end QB one, and maybe in your super flex, like as a really awesome, solid QB two option? Is that something you're buying into? Are you still? Is the jury still out for you?
1: I am. Uh, You know, I think he's a competent quarterback. Do I think that he'll be able to sustain like a top five quarterback? Nope, I don't see that one. But I think what we're seeing here is that not to knock the prior regime, but I don't know if the prior regime was for him. And I think all of this is working out very well for him. I talked about earlier that they are willing him to success. When you go out there and you say, you know, we've got Jalen Waddell, who, you know, (laughs) was genuinely considered somebody that could operate as an as a wide receiver one for a team and you say no we're gonna go out there and we're gonna get you Tyreek Hill too we're going uh, we're just going all in on you to make you successful and I think that's going to continue um I think he's a very stable quarterback I think he has a great arm despite what you know we may have seen in preseason in terms of videos that we laughed about but we've seen him be able to air it out he's fine so I I'm in on it I think that he is the potential to be a low-end QB1 you know in Dynasty moving forward and definitely for sure a high-end QB2
0: I love that take yeah and especially if you're in Dynasty right now probably the move isn't to necessarily try and trade for him this week because he's just had that massive huge game maybe wait and if he does struggle even just like an okay performance against the Bills because there is that doubt in the back of people's minds. Maybe then is the week. Next week is maybe the week to go in and try and make get, get a deal done if you need a bit of quarterback depth um, on your Superflex roster. So we're going to move on then to Studs R Us. A lot more fun to talk about. Like I said, Curtis Samuel was my pick last week. Wide receiver 12. Absolutely smashed that. Who do you got for us? What's your crystal ball telling you for this week? Week three heading into these matchups. Who's somebody that maybe people are a bit, bit panicked, a bit worried about, but you're saying, go ahead, plug them in. Going to be good things
1: well we we finally get to go with different uh, different teams here. <laughs> it's funny because I was not paying attention at all when I was writing those in to us uh, hitting the same games, but for me, um I'm glad that I finally get to talk about Russell Gage. This is somebody who um who's somebody who I, coming in t- especially last year was one of my favorite um low end flex options. Once we lost Calvin Ridley and then heading over to Tampa Bay, I felt very positively in terms of the way that he was, you know, going to potentially be able to fill in um, with Chris Godwin out. That was before Julio Jones and the ADP got a little bit ridiculous before then. And so I didn't personally get a lot of Russell Gage in any redraft leagues. I do have him in uh, dynasty holding on for this moment, but I feel like this is finally going to be a time where we can see, that Russell Gage that I have you know grown to love over the past couple of years is somebody who fills in when there's literally nobody else and gets you a very solid week it 's not going to be a massive boom game, but I think a top twenty four finish with is within. The realm of possibilities for him when you consider the fact that he legitimately could be the wide receiver one on this team. Now, Brashad Perriman got the big touchdown uh, in last week's game, and that was all fine. But Gage was the target leader. Um, he caught five of his six targets. He's very steady in that. He will be efficient. He'll get yardage. He does have touchdown opportunities. And again, we're looking at this Mike Evans suspension, he is, you know, trying to appeal it, but we're looking at this one game suspension for Mike Evans. We're looking at the Chris Godwin hamstring. We're looking at Julio Jones being injured too. We're not 100% what's going on over there. So if you're looking for somebody who is, you know, can, you know, maybe get you by as low in flex option, I think it's very you know, possible that it could be Russell Gage. Um, and, you know, when you look at, we just talked about the Green Bay defense earlier and how you can literally just run the ball down their throats. They're absolutely atrocious and Tampa Bay could do that, but this is Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. These guys, you know, they're two very confident guys. They're two very cocky, self-assured guys. They want to throw the ball and showcase their legend in a game against each other. So I don't think we're going to see the pass faded and get a similar situation to Chicago. Tom Brady is going to be able to air it out a little bit and Russell Gage could be the beneficiary.
0: I dig it. I dig it. That's that is bold because I think he comes in about wide receiver 41 at the moment. So, yeah, he's definitely one of those guys lower down on the list, a little bit disappointing. So, I like it. My call is, um, is actually Garrett Wilson. Now, it's not, I'm, Just a disclaimer. I'm not chasing last week's touchdowns. I promise. (laughs) Um, I I love Garrett Wilson. First of all, I absolutely love the guy. I think he's awesome. He was my wide receiver one coming into this class. He had his breakout game last week, 14 targets, and he didn't even play the full game. He was out a little bit, got banged up. Um, What it is, it's a volume play. It's the fact that he's coming in at wide receiver 45 on fantasy pros. So I think the consensus, the expert consensus ranking is still like, let's pump the brakes. Let's wait. Let's see. What is this real? Was this flash in the pan? I'm, thinking it's real and i'm quite happy throwing him in there for a couple of reasons i mean they drafted him to be this dude he is out there he is demanding the targets i mean he had over double you know, any other wide receivers targets on that team, forget even just the two touchdowns. He's out there running routes. His routes are going up. His percentage of playing time is going up. Flacco is the QB again. Flacco doesn't give an F. He doesn't care. He's out there just (laughs) living his best life. He's going to be airing it out, throwing the ball. They're playing the Bengals. Um, Cooper Rush just threw for 235 and a touchdown against them in week two. I'm not overly afraid of the Bengals. Um, Again, they've got Elijah Moore, who I love. They've got Corey Davis. They've got Tyler Conklin. It's not just like a one man, show. So I'm more than happy plugging Garrett Wilson into my lineup as a flex option in week three. And I expect, you know, I would not be surprised if there's top 24 numbers for him this week. Now, the new segment. We don't have a drop for it yet. So it's Let's Ride or Let's Hide in honor of Mr. Unlimited himself, who, let's be fair, has been mostly Let's Hide so far from him this year. Not been looking so good. We're just talking a couple of matchups because we've talked our our specific player that we're highlighting as a bust or a stud. But we want to give you a couple of games that we're either trying to attack, um, whether it be in DF- DFS or specifically in Dynasty. If you've got like these tertiary pieces and you're looking for starts, maybe these are some games that we're trying to attack or games that we just want to absolutely avoid at all possible so again guess first tara who's your let's hide and let's ride pick who's what's a game that you want to just absolutely avoid like the plague or a game that you want to just get pieces of no matter what
1: so the one that i just want to avoid completely is the falcons versus the seahawks now Granted, I do really like Marcus Mariota as a streaming option for those of you that have injured quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, he's got a he's got a very stable floor. It's not very high upside, but it can get you by. And I do like Drake London as well. I'm very in on these rookies. You mentioned Garrett Wilson. They're just, you know, these high talent rookies are absolutely showing out. So I do like Drake London as well. But outside of that, um, this is such a shaky situation. But two incredibly shaky teams, and absolutely nothing about the Seattle Seahawks inspires me to want to play any of them. They are completely unusable at running back. It's incredibly sad. Uh, It's and it's incredibly sad because there's talent there. We've seen Rashad Penny, and when he actually was finally healthy last year and got the opportunity, was fantastic. We know that Kenneth Walker is incredibly talented, and there's just no opportunity for any running back to succeed there. They're just so unusable. It's it's wild. On top of that, we've got DK, who's Ceiling is unfortunately capped and granted he was one big pass away from having a pretty good week last week, but do we really want to rely on DK and that one big pass every single week to get him into double digit fantasy points? I don't think that we want to. Um, And then I'm never, you know, despite having a fantastic week last week, I'm never comfortable starting Tyler Lockett, especially after the boom game. You don't want to be trailing and following up that one. So, you know, from my perspective, there's just not a lot here that I really like. And I'm, you know, clawing to be able to play.
0: Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. I get what you're saying, especially with those pits concerns, the the absolute just frustration and agony that we're experiencing with Arthur Smith at the moment. Um, What about your let's ride game? Like, what game are you absolutely attacking (laughs) with the ferocity of a Russell Wilson um, promo video? (laughs)
1: Do not knock me on this one, but it is Detroit and Minnesota. I am am mildly obsessed with Detroit, which is crazy to say as a Packers fan, but I feel like we all are at this point. And it's not just the hard knocks thing. It's like just Dan Campbell, man. He has, there is zero quit in Dan Campbell. He is such an incredibly inspiring coach. And what I'm looking for here with this game is, and what I've been seeing with uh, this Detroit team is that they will play up and they will compete. So if we get a bounce back game for Minnesota, which is, you know, more than likely what's going to happen here after they struggle a little bit last week compared to that week one fantastic boom, if Minnesota can push heavy offensive firepower, Detroit will push right back. They have the capabilities to do that. A lot of times, you know, people look at Detroit and they say, oh, it's Detroit. It's a bad team. The offensive weapons that Jared Goff has to work with. DeAndre Swift uh should be, you know, a week off of that injury, even though he played through it and they were able to rest him a little bit because they went up so aggressively earlier and then brought him back in once things got a little bit closer. But, you know, given another week, he should be, you know, more than healthy enough to do his full workload. And we've got Amon Ross St. Brown, who is obviously just an incredible receiver and proving himself a to be dog. someone, yeah, someone that you that you want. And so when you look at this team, you know, and T.J. Hawkinson as well. I'm not exactly in on T.J. Hawkinson in, in any way, shape, or form, but that's just another weapon for Jared Goff. Another reason that this is a game that you want to look at because they have the ability to compete with a team like Minnesota, and they'll keep it close. They'll be in there um, playing and fighting it off. And then when we look at Minnesota. It's super simple with them they're looking for bounce backs um the targets were still there for Justin Jefferson so that's the positive thing we saw that you know this is probably a trend that's going to continue with him with the double digit targets Kirk Cousins just struggled with the completions a little bit so this sets up really is a nice bounce back game for Kirk Cousins for Justin Jefferson Dalvin Cook as well and then um, the one positive that came out and we finally saw life from Irv Smith for all of us you know if you were a Cole Komet truther maybe you were an Irv Smith truther as well doubling up uh you know that's me doubling up up on those uh, low end tight ends and really hoping there, and we saw him. You know, I guess you know, finally back healthy at least and be able to get those targets and have success. So, yeah, I I love this game as um, one that you can, especially from a DFS perspective because pricing wise, there are some things that you'll be in there to you'll be able to kind of work in. So I I really like this one.
0: In the words of Russell Wilson, "Let's ride." <laughs> I love it. I am going to be really quick here with mine. My, my let's high game is the Giants versus the Cowboys. Yuck. Um, it's a Monday night football game as well. That's kind of the. There was a couple of games I was kicking around. That I was like, ah, oh, these look really ugly, really gross. Giants, Cowboys won. Um, They have the second lowest Vegas over under at 39 and a half. That is gross. It's still Cooper Rush versus Daniel Jones, (laughs) which is gross. Apologies for laughing. Um, And Dallas and New York both have top 12 sort of ish defenses and yards allowed per game. 19th and versus 29th in offensive DVOA. So it is going to be ugly as homemade soap, um, as they say. So I'm not looking forward to this game. I really only want to start Saquon Barkley Uh, because he is getting that workload. He is sort of looking like the dude uh, again, which is great. And I'm willing to start CeeDee Lamb. He's getting, he got 11 targets last week. He's not very efficient with them. Cooper Rush isn't isn't the greatest quarterback in the world. He's fine. He's all right. He's actually better than sort of, you know, you might expect. But again, I'm not excited about this game. And I don't want to leave my week you know, hanging in the balance waiting for this on Monday night football. I'd rather take a chance elsewhere. My let's ride game is the Eagles versus the commanders. Yes, it is the wince revenge game. I'm excited because I'm, I'm fairly certain he's going to try too hard and fall apart and throw like four picks, but I don't really care for fantasy because there probably means there's going to be even more passing. They're going to be trying to catch up. I don't think that the Eagles are going to struggle to score in this game. They look awesome this year. They absolutely chinned my Vikings. Um, all right. Uh, This is one of only five games with a 50 or over under from Vegas this week. So they expect some points to be scored. Philadelphia is eighth and Washington is 15th in DVOA offensively. Both of them have not been having trouble scoring. um, And, both of them are sort of just middle of the pack, or, or in Washington's case, very low end of the pack in defense. So I expect that, you know, Philadelphia's gonna be able to run the ball like crazy on Washington. They're gonna be able to score like crazy. Washington's gonna have to pass like crazy to try and keep up. So I'm excited to start Hertz, Sanders, Brown, Goddard, Samuel, Dotson, like get them all in those lineups. And I'm even willing to start Logan Thomas, Devonta Smith. Um, Terry McLaurin, you know, like I said, Gibson, Antonio Gibson. I mean, there's so many pieces in this game that I'm, I'm excited or willing to throw in, be that, be that for D- DFS or even especially for, for fantasy. I, I don't want to, th- I don't want to throw Wince in. he's like QB three or something currently. And I understand that. I respect that shout out Wince for helping me in my Scott fishbowl championship game in you know, a week this week and winning, but man, I don't want to be playing him on, on Sunday. I just have a bad feeling. He's going to try too hard. He's going to get all his emotions run away with him. Um, Um, And he's just going to like throw like five picks or something, but he's still going to like feed some of these other dudes. So there's a couple of games that you can attack or maybe avoid as you see fit. We're going to transition here. We do have a couple of questions that came in here. I want to hit before we get out of here. First question, everyone. Question. 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 Question.
1: Question. I have a lot of questions. It's
0: a ridiculous question.
1: How dare you? This is so important. I should run to answer it.
0: So first question came in um, from Adam Irvine at Adam Likes FF. Shout out, Adam. He says, Evan, I've lost Trey Lance. Um, Adam join the club um he says he's gonna have to stream qbs in a single qb league for the rest of the season who would you recommend for week three so i'm gonna throw this to tara who's your who's on the top of your wish list for week three for a streaming qb in a one qb league
1: yeah it depends on how deep your league is but if carson wentz is there 100 that is you know you talked about it we don't even have to dive into it more he's the one guy the number one guy that i am grabbing off of waivers if he's there if not, um, I talked about earlier. Um, if you if you're in a deeper league and you have to grab somebody, um, I think Marcus Mariota is a fine streaming option for this week. Um, it's not a he's not a boom or bust kind of guy. He's going to get you right to a certain point. So if you need to go that direction, I think that's fine as well.
0: Love it. And then we have a question here that came in from Rich Dynasty Island on Twitter. Shout out Rich. He said, "Which unused rookie do you have the highest hopes for this season?" So I'll let Tara finish? I have my own answer, but I'm curious to hear what Tara has to say.
1: Mm, unused this season. I'm probably going to have to go with it feels weird to say this uh, Wandale Robinson. I think, you know, unfortunately, that situation there with uh, Kadarius Tony in New York, the talent is clearly there. He's highly capable of being a team's wide receiver. One, I just don't think that regime truly likes him. Um, All of the off the field issues that he had, I just think they're not getting what they want to see out of him. And therefore his workload is being reduced. On top of that, we've got Kenny Galladay who has disappeared and you know, that's going to continue. That's not going to change. I do like Sterling Shepard is someone who will, you know, probably be a bit of a target ish hog in that offense. But again, he has the injury concerns so you can only use him for as long as he's on the field and I think that presents an opportunity for Wandell Robinson to, you know, maybe get in there as the season goes on and fulfill that role, that, you know, slot role that might be, might be vacated at some point and get peppered with targets from Daniel Jones. So I think it's a possibility that he could have some decent usage later in the season.
0: I like it. I like it. My my answer is Jamison Williams. I loved Jameson Williams. He was my wide receiver three in this class. Um, the Lions, like you've mentioned already, the Lions are exciting this year. This sounds weird to say, but they're a feisty uh, team with a lot of fight in them. Yes, Amon Ra is going off. He is an absolute stud. And you know what? he deserves all the props. But there were some really good plays out there for Josh Reynolds. There were some really good plays out there for DJ Chark. There was some lot of action out there. You know, Jared, Jared Goff wasn't afraid, wasn't afraid to sling the rock. So I think there's room in this offense for an absolute speed demon like Jameson Williams. You saw how awesome it looked with Waddle and Tyree Kill there, just like dicing up defenses. I think he brings a flavor to this team that, you know, Amon doesn't, that, you know, these other guys don't bring. And I'm excited. So I think right now is actually a really good time to sneak in there with Amonrod going off, Um, people just don't believe in golf, maybe see what the the Jameson Williams manager is thinking, how he's feeling maybe try and get a little bit of a cheeky discount here before he actually hits the ground running so just the last segment here before I let Tara get out of here, she's been an absolute awesome guest and I don't want to keep her too long but this is a fun segment and I don't want to forget it Word of the Week Tara, you've been on the show before. You were here last year. You know it all. You know what's going to happen here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to give you a word of Northern Irish slang, put you on the spot, make you try and figure out what you think it could mean and see if you can possibly use it in a sentence. Okay, you ready for this? I'm ready. Do you remember, do you remember off the top of your head, do you remember what the word was last year?
1: Oh, I do not. I have a terrible I memory. Didn't,
0: <laughs> I didn't think you would. It's a long time ago. So the word of the week is scundered. What do you think scundered could mean? And could you try and use it in a sentence?
1: Scundered. Scundered. I think that scundered means, uh, let, me, let me see if I can get some Love Island uh, reference here and kind of figure it out. Um, scundered. Scundered. <laughs> it means that you have been, um, you've been disrespected.
0: Yeah, that's what it means. I've been scundered. So it's, I see where you're going with that. Scundered is actually, you've been absolutely embarrassed, like mortified. Like you did something or you said something and you just completely put your foot in your mouth. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm so scundered. I can't believe I did that. Um, So maybe you like, you suggested that everyone, you know, hey, everyone needs to start Kirk Cousins this week. He's going to be awesome. (laughs) Make sure he's like the QB one on the week. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm scundered. I can't believe I said that. It's all over Twitter. People are never going to forget this. So (laughs) you are an awesome guest, Tara. Thank you so much for taking time to hang out with us again today guys again if you don't already go follow her on twitter at it's tara time check her out on tiktok check out all of her awesome work over at fantasy pros fantasy alarm dynasty vipers is there anything else you wanted to shout out or plug before we go here tara
1: that's it guys um you know if you want to catch me the the easiest place to catch me live uh, start q and a's i do them all over the place on sunday so uh following everything on my Twitter is the best place to find it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you again for joining us guys. Hopefully you got some good information there. Go out, get some trades done and make sure you get those week three W's. We will see you again next week. I drive zero RB in dynasty pass off a young receiver. Nah, I couldn't be mean. My fifth wide receiver ran it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RB's on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate.